नमस्ते सो ट्वेंटी मार्च एज वी नो इज अ वेरी स्पेशल डे इट्स द डे वेन द मदर केम फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम टू पाण्डिचेरी एंड मेट श्योर बिंदो एंड दिस टाइम इट्स अ डे ऑफ सेलिब्रेशन इट्स अ वेरी स्पेशल इवेंट एज वी नो इन द हिस्ट्री ऑफ मैन काइंड बट दिस टाइम इट्स ऑल अ वेरी क्वाइट अफेयर एंड राइटली सो when we look at the mother's life and the preparation she underwent herself the kind of yoga sadhana before coming to shirbindo it's uh, it's it's actually truly mind boggling she was an adept in the buddhist yoga she had realized the yoga of the gita she had the awakening of the kundalini shakti she had practiced and known all the secrets and the realizations of the raj yoga she had found the immanent divine within her she had by then traversed all the occult ranges of consciousness not just 7 but 12 a master occultist an adept buddhist a yogini both of the raj yoga type as well as of the yoga of the gita and then she came to shirbindo when we look at our own life how easily we have come to mother and shirbindo simply because of their grace someone once asked shirbindo what have we done that we have come to you in this life and shirbindo speaks of bhakti in previous lives bearing fruition in this one a special grace or he also says that sometimes there have been a link in previous lives of different kinds either link with the physical life of mother and shirbindo in one way or the other and that is what brought us to their feet but are we really ready for this wonderful grace this is the question that we need to ask this time this year both uh, for 29th march and 4th april as also for the 24th april are we re- ready how can we make ourselves ready this one of the messages that the mother gave she gave men countries continents the choice is imperative truth or the abyss the next year she gave a message are we ready so we have to ask this question next or next to next year one of the years around that she asked this question it is the hour of god are you ready so this question we have to ask ourselves are we ready and then the natural question that stems from it is how are we to get ready how are we to prepare ourselves to meet shirbindo and see him with the eyes with which mother saw him so in that context we are reading her prayers and meditations how the mother prepared herself what was her state and while we read these prayers we enter into not only a communion with her but in a kind of union with the state of consciousness which inspired her to write these wonderful words magical words and they are so relevant in times as today all her words are relevant not only in times as these but in all times to come as long as man is in ignorance he will need this guidance this light this strength to undertake the great journey this is on page 
I'll read the date of the prayer rather than the page because page sometimes varies. February 5th, 1913. February 5th, 1913. So we are drowned in all the voices of the world and one suggestion that I would give is stop reading the newspapers, stop hearing the television, at least maximum hear it only once a day, at least the news part of it because it's so filled with, they have almost become obsessed with the pandemic as if there is nothing else which is happening in the world. There is a lot more happening within Outside, most importantly within. Now that uh, we have very little of things happening outside, at least uh, uh, for the newsmakers, we have a lot of things to which we can turn our gaze, which were happening within. And we did not notice it. So let us um, not be drowned in all the noises of the world, but rather turn towards hearing that one voice which we have thus far ignored. And what is this voice? The voice of the divine. Thy voice is heard as a melodious chant in the stillness of my heart. This is the first condition to hear the voice. Very beautifully, there is a line in Savitri. This light comes not by struggle or by thought. In the mind's silence, the transcendent acts and the hushed heart hears the unuttered word. The more we are quiet within, the more we are quiet in the mind, the more we are quiet in the heart, the more we open to the action of the grace and we hear what the divine is trying to tell us, not today, not yesterday, but since ages, since mankind has been upon earth. Some have turned their gaze within and can hear his voice. This voice is not a human voice. This voice doesn't speak in one particular language, be it Sanskrit or Latin or English or Roman or uh, French. This voice is the voice of the Lord and it's more like a gentle indication within. But it can take the form of words in our consciousness. That is how this voice takes the form of whatever language that we are speaking. I I am reminded of a little story of uh, in, in a village in Odisha, in Sri Arvind Shetram, uh, Dali Choda. So there, uh, uh, in a school, uh, some of the children were there, must be around 10 years of age. And one of the girls asked me that, Dada, what is the language in which God speaks? And I threw back the question to them. I said, what do you think? So one of the girls promptly said, Odia. So I said, why do you say so? He said, because whenever I pray in Odia, my prayer is heard and answered. I said, wonderful, but what about other languages? So another girl says, yes, I think the mother hears all languages because different people in different parts of the world, they pray in a particular language and they are heard. So it's not the language, it's the sincerity of the heart. And it is to that that the divine responds. There is a very beautiful story in one of the Puranas. The story may be well known, but the story about an elephant whose leg was caught by a crocodile in the river. As he stepped into the river, his leg was caught. So this elephant suddenly prays to Lord Vishnu. Now how does the elephant pray? Elephant has no other means of prayer except just to 
take out a cry, a trumpet. So he, the elephant cries. There is a trumpet, there is a loud sound. And the Lord Vishnu appears and he uh, takes, rescues him from that crocodile which has caught. You know, Surdas has immortalized it uh, in one of his bhajans, Gajko Jab Graha Graso. So this is uh, the cry of the um, sincere heart, genuine heart, the childlike simple heart without any complications in the head, which not analyzing things all the time and to that the divine response, be it the cry of a a plant, of a bird, a beast. We have so many stories of the mother where she responded to the cry of a tree that, you know, I am being cut. So, we as human beings have the exceptional privilege of directly approaching the divine and praying and there is an instant intervention. This was asked to mother directly and she said, yes, always I hear your cry. And when Sri Aurobindo was asked, he said, yes, the divine always hears but the response may not be what we want because... Sometimes we in our ignorance want a particular response. But the divine in his greater wisdom knows what is best for us. Sometimes we have to go through the Kurukshetra, the Mahabharata to arrive at the intended perfection. Imagine Arjuna without the Mahabharata. He is still a great warrior. But until he has faced the great battle of life, until he has wrestled and battled against formidable enemies like Karna, even his guru Dronacharya, the invincible Bhishma uh, and of course the Mahabali Duryodhana himself. He is not yet Arjuna. There is the Arjuna within him which must uh, go through this great battle of life and arrive at its fullness. So sometimes we have to go through difficult moments but we must know that these difficult moments far from coming in the way of our life and its advance, these obstacles actually help us advance further by leaps and bounds. So this is what we have to remember. So what is the voice that the mother hears in the stillness of her heart and is translated in my head by words which are inadequate and yet replete with thee. So this voice she hears in her heart is translated in her head with a body of words. And these words are addressed to the earth and say to her, So as we know, this was a period when mother was identifying herself with the whole earth consciousness. Someone asked Shurabindo, why does the mother have to pray? Is she not the divine herself? So Shurabindo reminds the sadhak that this kind of a prayer from the embodied divine to the divine himself is known in the Ramayana and the Mahabharata. So she is praying for the whole earth and she is showing us the way, the aspiring psychic, how to pray. So we have so many prayers of all kinds. Normally we are praying to the divine all the time for our well-being, our uh, family's welfare. And while it's okay, it's perfectly valid to do that. But it is also a very small, narrow little prayer. But here is a prayer for the whole earth. So she hears the Lord's answer. And this answer is wonderful. Poor, sorrowful earth. Remember that I am present in thee and lose not hope. Where does hope come from? We are looking for a vaccine for hope, a medicine for hope, the doctors for hope. That's not where hope comes from. That's all right. They do their job and it's a wonderful job. Doctors are right now like soldiers. But the hope does not come from there. The hope does not come from 
politicians, from the administrations, from governments. The hope comes from the fact that the divine presence is there upon earth in a very special way. In a certain way, divine is there in the entire universe. But as the mother and Shurabindu say, they remind us that but earth is a special formation. That's why the divine manifests here again and again. And in that special formation, one must say that India is really special because in so many ways and in so many ages, in each age of mankind, we see some kind of a divine manifestation all the time recurring. It has, on one hand, prevented India from falling into the trap of an organized religious dogma because there is not one divine manifestation, but countless, not one book, but countless books. At the same time, it has made us spiritually supple and plastic to the divine guidance because we know it's not in one way or this way or that way, but the guidance itself changes and evolves. And as we grow, the same thing which was all right for one stage changes when we are in another stage of evolution. But here there is a more general guidance. What we should remember when we are going through difficult times and this is addressed to the earth that the divine is within us that the divine is within each grain of sand that the divine is everywhere and in everything this is what we come to again and again poor sorrowful earth remember that I am present in thee and lose not hope each effort each grief each joy and each pang each call of thy heart each aspiration of thy soul, each renewal of thy seasons, all, all without exception, what seems to thee sorrowful and what seems to thee joyous, what seems to thee ugly and what seems to thee beautiful, all infallibly lead thee towards me. This is the first fundamental truth that we must remember. The divine is not just a static presence. He is also a dynamic force, a power which like a magnet drawing entire creation towards him. You know that is the vision of the Gita in, in a different way. That everything in the battlefield, everyone, all the warriors, this side, that side, all the gods, the Gandharvas, the Rakshasas, the Asurada, they are all going towards his mouth. He is drawing them all. And that's why the name Krishna comes from that. Akarshan, that which draws all things towards himself. So, people often ask that what is the way to call, what is the method, the technique, the process. And again and again we are reminded it's not that which matters. What matters is the sincerity of the heart. We have wonderful lines from Savitri which are absolutely uh, identical in their uh, basic substance. Uh, here the mother has spoken of this. We will read it again. But the lines in Savitri is, One who has made this world is ever its Lord. Our errors are his steps upon the way. He works through the fierce vicissitude of our lives. He works through the hard breath of battle and toil. He works through our sin, our suffering and our tears. And then the command for us, whatever our strong ills and present fate, when nothing we can see but drift and bail, a mighty guidance 
leads us still through all. So there is a guidance in life behind all the anomalies, behind all the dance of death, the destruction, the the issues, the problem, the dangers, the what we call as pleasant, what we call as painful, what we call as good, what we call as bad, what we call as ugly, what we call as beautiful. Behind all this, there is the one smiling with his unchanging beatitude, drawing us through each and every experience. This is the original Vedanta. This idea that at this certain point of time we have to sit in a particular posture and meditate in a certain way is all right at a certain stage of evolution. When we still need those very outer gross means. But when the consciousness becomes more subtle, more refined, then it is an Adhyatmi Yoga. It's the yoga that the psychic being in us engages in. Everywhere, in all things, every situation, every circumstance becomes a means for the yoga and this what we are being reminded. I'll read this again. Poor sorrowful earth, remember that I am present in thee and lose not hope. Each effort, each grief, what kind of effort? Any kind of effort. It's not about this is the right way to meditate or the wrong way to meditate. Which That's okay. But the fact that we want to meditate for the Lord is enough. We may sit in all the right posture with the right mantra, the right technique and we may be meditating to aggrandize our ego self, to have some spiritual experience, to have some kind of uh, powers. And if we do that, our thousand years of meditation will create only a Hiranyakashup or a Ravana. Whereas Prahlad, what does he meditate? He is all the time just very simply going around with the name of the Lord. Hari, 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 Hari. So this is the meditation that we have to engage with. This is the higher kind of yoga. It is not, you know, because it's seemingly very simple. We should not think that, oh, this is for very simple terms. This is the higher kind of yoga which has always existed. But it's later on because man cannot engage in this kind of a deep, profound uh, reverence for the divine everywhere that other forms came in which were more like techniques, methods, practices, more suited to a kind of humanity which is very much outward oriented. <clears throat> each joy and each pang, each call of thy heart, so very often these painful moments are wonderful because it, it's a moment of intensity. Not that we should ask for pain, but it's a moment of intensity when if we can use this intensity, when the consciousness is so focused and concentrated as a means of projecting ourselves into the divine, it would be wonderful. Each aspiration of thy soul, even a passing aspiration, Aspiration is something which can go on all the time. We look at a little dog on the street and we, we may be filled with a deep compassion and a prayer that Lord may uh, this creature to find its food. It's a very simple thing. We look at a plant and we suddenly feel gratitude in our heart. We look at the morning sky and say, Oh, the sky is so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. We may look at the sea and feel the Lord's face in that shimmering mass of blue. So, there are so many ways. These are moments eternal. And as the mother says, there are so many moments in the day when we have many windows which open to the infinite. But we are unfortunately not looking in that direction. Because we are looking elsewhere. We are looking at all the news that are blaring through all the other channels. Except the one channel 
which i would seriously suggest that we should it, we don't have to subscribe to it we must know how to switch on and that is called channel number 1 and dd that means divine darshan not the not dd of <laughs> so it is divine divine darshan which can also become divine door darshan so it will tell us about the future we don't have to be worried about it so what is the future he is revealing to us each aspiration of thy soul each renewal of thy seasons all all without exception without exception mark the words without exception what seems to thee sorrowful and what seems to thee joyous what seems to thee ugly and what seems to thee beautiful all infallibly lead thee towards me who am endless peace shadowless light perfect harmony certitude rest and supreme blessedness so we see if we look at the uh, mahabharata now i believe they are going to start a repeat telecast of the old time mahabharata and ramayana on doordarshan so uh, this not a <laughs> <laughs> again an advertisement but it's a good thing well in a certain sense to those who have not seen uh, now but if you see the mahabharata what are the two highest points from the point of view of divine revelation it's not you know there are so many stories of countless sages and saints and seers which are interlaced in the mahabharata we see that the story of savitri and satyavan also come in the mahabharata when yudhishthir asks markande rishi about Uh, any one who has ever suffered more than draupadi and has been equally pious as her so there are countless sages and suffer, uh, saints through which mahabharata moves but the high peak of revelation comes in two moments one when draupadi is caught in the midst of a uh, terrible situation where nobody even those whom she thinks are closest to her whom she felt are the strongest in front of whom nobody can harm her and in front of that and all these people she is helpless and when she is most helpless she discovers a greatest strength so very often the moment when we are most helpless is also the moment of our greatest strength in the seed of fragility uh, lurks the tree of strength in a fragile seed so at that moment drop the cries to the lord and we have a great revelation grand revelation and the second moment is when in the battlefield of kurukshetra when uh, you know shri krishna leads arjuna to the whole problem of action and at one point of time out of all the questions that he has asked which are largely intellectual which deal with the problem of action which deal with the kinetic man what i should do should do suddenly asked who are you i have treated you as a friend who are you with such a wonderful wisdom such a wonderful revelations that you are giving me and at that moment the lord reveals himself as the sarvabhuktaram the integral godhead he reveals himself as the divine in his integrality though he has come putting forward the aspect of time the destroyer so both these revelations in the mahabharata come not during any meditation but during a moment of crisis so each pang each effort each crisis in fact 
Gita is the result of a crisis which Arjuna experiences within his soul, in his ethical being, in his intellectual mind and that can be a moment of revelation. Revelation of the divine and who is this divine? Endless peace. Shantim Shashwati Netaresham. Shadowless light. This is a knowledge, truth without any errors. Perfect harmony and it's a truth which is not bare and harsh but a truth that is supreme harmony supreme delight certitude that's where certitude comes the certitude of the victory the certitude that the storm will abate the certitude that will be untouched by anything that may be happening around us rest that's where we'll find rest not only for our body to our mind our heart our soul and supreme Blessedness. Hearken, O earth, to the sublime voice that arises. Hearken and take new courage. So let us take courage and have hope in just this one fact. That the divine is present in matter upon earth and in all beings everywhere. That's where hope lies. And because he is present, this earth has a bright and luminous future. Not only despite everything, but through everything. Everything that happens or will happen will lead this earth closer and closer to the divine manifestation and the divine victory. Namaste.